words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. Grace that trains us. And I'd like us to read from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 to 10. I'd like us to read it together. Uh, please bring out your own Bibles. When I'm going to put that on the screen. Ephesians chapter 3, chapter 1, verse 3 to 10. One more time, if you rise with me, let's read this scripture. And uh, New King James Version will be good. Some of you are tired of rising. Have you gone to the Catholic Church? You know how many rising and sittings they do? Please rise, except your leg is pinning you. <laughs> let's read together. One, two, go. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to the adoption as sons by Christ Jesus to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he has made to abound to us, us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to the good pleasure which he proposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are in earth, on earth in him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Break through our hearts. Reach out into the places which we've talked nicely away from you and grant that our hearts will be the place where your spirit resonates where your work is done in Jesus name we pray amen and amen you may be seated what is grace grace is the basis for the Christian faith we believed we are saved by faith through grace God's grace is usually defined as undeserved favor grace cannot be earned it is something that is freely given we count on God's grace and the bridge he built in our relationship with him. This is a definition of grace from Compassion International. Compassion International is a charity that does a lot of great work around the world. And this is their definition of grace. John Wesley in, preached a sermon in 1765. That's literally almost 300 years ago. And he said, natural conscience, but more properly preventing grace. All the drawings of the Father, the desires after God, which if we yield to him, increases more and more. All that light wherewith the Son of God enlighteneth everyone that comes into the world, showing every man to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly before God. All the convictions which his spirit from time to time walks in every child of man. Although it's true, the generality of men 
stifle them as soon as possible. And after a while, forget or at least deny that they have them at all. He, John the Baptist divided, sorry, I see John the Baptist. John Wesley divided grace into three types of graces. You understand? The first grace he called the preventing grace. The second grace he calls the sanctifying grace. The third grace he called the justifying grace. So the message of grace is not a new message. It's been here since the beginning of the gospel and especially since the Protestant Reformation. People began to understand. Martin Luther began to speak about justification by faith and the grace of God that is actually what is required to transform people. Today, some new gospels are going out about grace that never ends, about once saved, forever saved. And many people are subscribing and falling on one side or the other side. Now, I'm not here to enter into the argument. These arguments have broken theological seminaries apart. When people on one side stood up in a seminary and fought people on the other side. There's some of the reasons why they banned the debates and many of the seminaries began to go worldly. Places like Harvard University, Princeton, and Yale were set up as theological institutions. Can you believe that Harvard was once a seminary? But as they argued more and more and became more and more intellectual, they lost the power that could have been theirs. Now, I'm here to offer a gift, a gift of something that God made available. And if you were to partner with the Spirit of God, you will, you will be able to receive that aspect of God into your life. And that will help you to journey right. And here's how you know that you are in error. Any kind of Christianity that requires you to do nothing is an erroneous Christianity. Can I repeat? Any kind of Christianity that says you don't have to do nothing, that's error. Because you have to always partner with the Spirit of God. God does not do it all. If not, the day he saved you, he'll just take you to heaven. There is a work that needs to be done by you. There's a place where you need to stretch out your hand. There's a place of your partnership and your cooperation with the Spirit of God. So this is how you know the spirit of error. The spirit that says that Christ cannot be incarnated in you is the antichrist. That Christ cannot be formed. That you and God cannot partner together to create a new and better version of yourself. That spirit is the antichrist. Because it denies the potential for you to journey with God. It, it removes from you the potential for you to be able to take daily steps to walk towards the finished work which God intends to do in your life. This John John Wesley's idea is also called prevenient grace. This is the drawings of the Father. In that quote, he talks about the drawings of the Father. He talks about desire after God. He talks about the light which lightens every single person. Before we knew God, there was a drawing. Before you came to Christ, 
there's a drawing. Even when you wander away and you're no more walking in the light, there is a drawing. That's the grace that prevents you from being destroyed. We didn't know him. We didn't want him. He wanted us and he called us. We didn't understand what this calling was all about, but he was interested in us. This is prevenient grace that you didn't know him, you didn't want him, but he was calling you. It's called the drawings of the Father. And many times you are somewhere and he calls you, do you want to worship me today? Do you want to be with me today? Do you want to serve me today? Do you want to pray today? The drawings of the Father. Way before you meet Christ, there is the drawing of the Father. Have you ever seen an armed robbery gang before? Or at least watched it in the movies. They are always not all trying to kill and rape and rob. There's always one guy in the middle of a robbery gang. When they are robbing and robbing and they want to rape somebody, will say, no, drag the person away. Among them, there's always one. Why? Prevenient. Don't think that the whole world wants to fall into sin and walk away. Upon some hearts right now, prevenient is at work. When you see bully guys, those bad guys, you know, riding Harley Davidson and taking things from people, you know, like those biker gangs. We don't have them in Nigeria. The bikers in Nigeria are bougie bikers. <laughs> But in, across the world, there are biker gangs who, who raid areas and take things for free and, and take people's children and run away with them and stuff like that, right? And they pass drugs and do stuff. Not Nigeria biker gangs or bike is for... Uh, yeah, so... When you are big and you want to show Lagos people how you can drive fast on dead mainland, you buy a bike. When you want to show that you are really macho and you have strength and your muscle, you know... Buy, buy a bike and, and then boast about your kit, your biker kit, your helmet. You know how much my helmet costs? Even see my, my glasses, you know, my, my shin guard, my, my roller shoes, creak, creak, creak on the ground. <laughs> so we, we actually imagine that these are the bad guys. But even in the bad guys club, that's a good guy. Where? What's happening? Prevenient. How many of you know some bad guys who are good? Yeah? They just have a way of just sorting things out. I'm like, but you know you're a bad guy. You're beating other people. How come you are kind in this side? Prevenient. And it's an access way that God puts for even the worst sinner. Even the worst sinner is not left without grace. There was grace before they came. Grace is not something for only believers. So you can pray prevenient grace on people who haven't given their lives to Christ. Preventative. Speak over them. Those relatives you have, those brothers you have who have not come into the fullness of God, speak prevenient grace on them because there's a grace that draws men, that pulls men no matter how far gone there's a call in God that is drawing men to come back home. Hallelujah! Amen. What, we, what would 
What would hey, the idea is bubbling so much inside of me? I can't speak. What would we have been like without the prevenient grace of God? Some of us were off the rails, going in the wrong direction very fast. I told you guys stories about how in uni I love demonstration. Demonstration was what was taking me away into the world. I like to be an activist. I love it so much. I'm telling you, I love a looter. I will climb the rostrum. And that time, Babangida was the president. And he was a dictator. And I will go. The hypocrisy of the Babangida's administration has been detected. Greatest Nigerian students, we shall not agree. The Nigerian worker is a slave of the government. The, the, the economic marketplace is held down by policies that inhibit them and prevent them from doing anything prosperous. Greatest Nigerian students were the last bastion. You must rise up and fight for your rights. Fight. Nigerian students, posterity indeed will not forgive you. If in your time they said you stood up to be counted and you did not stand. What will the story be? What will, they, what will the future children of this nation tell us if we don't stand up and fight for our rights? Let's get back our rights. Greatest of the greatest Nigerian students. Great, 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 great. The whole place will begin to rise up in tension. And I'll say, Kulu, Kulu, Kulu Tempa. Even though we're agitated, we shall be strategic. We're going to advance with wisdom. <laughs> I love Aluta. It makes my blood boil. I go and read Frederick Engels and Karl Marx and see how they, how I love the Protestant Revolution. Oh my God, so powerful. Communist, communist manifesto Walter Rodney how Europe underdeveloped Africa <laughs> you can tell I still love it right <laughs> prevenient grace God was drawing me back knowing I was going to go off the rail and become a freedom fighter for nothing's sake. Fight that leads to nothing. Be a part of social movements that change nothing. Be part of things that make rubble rouse until you get the first, until the government comes and calls the student union department and buys them a car. A car for the president, a car for Sekjen, everything goes quiet. Strategy has never changed. It's been the same all these years. Hungry Aluta people. Prevenient grace. Say it out, prevenient grace. You know where you've been. You know who you'd have been. But for prevenient grace, it prevents you from going all the way. There's a stopping. There's a barrier. There's, a, there's something that keeps you from falling over the cliff that you would have been someone else. But the grace of God stood for you. The power of God stood over you to bring you into the fullness of what God 
planned for you to have. Then next is saving grace. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not as a result of works so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Long before you came, there was provision for you. Long before you arrived here, God did a work, a work, a work to make you his own. Long before you knew him, he was arranging things. You are his workmanship. He created you in Christ Jesus. And in this time, he's inviting you. Press into all that I have done. Press in, come into all that I have done for you. Come in into all that I have done for you in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! What will we be without saving grace? And then there's grace that establishes. Grace that establishes. After you have suffered a while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. There's the grace of God that establishes. You may have been roaming around you may, have been, you may be scattered. Your life is all broken and messed up and everything. But God comes with grace. He comes with grace. He comes with grace to put you back together. He comes with grace to put you back together. He comes with grace to put you back together. To establish you. Receive that grace today in the name of Jesus Christ. Receive the grace that establishes. Lift up your hands. Receive that grace today. Receive the grace that establishes you. That you who was once broken and torn around in pieces will rise in the grace of God. And the grace of God will fill your world. Receive that grace today. Receive that grace today. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father God. We receive that grace. Thank you, Father God. All those who have received the grace of the Lord, give the Lord a wave of friend this morning. Thank you for your grace. All those who have received the grace of the Lord, give the Lord a wave of friend this morning. Thank you for your grace. Thank you, Father God. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen and amen. Thank you, Jesus. And what is this grace that trains us then? What is this grace that trains us? You know, in Bible uh, training, in discipleship training, I taught about three types of salvation. I said we are saved, we are being saved, and we shall be saved. As we begin to wind, wind on this message, we're saved like the scripture we read in Ephesians, we who were dead in trespasses and sins, he quickened, were saved. Yeah? And then we are being saved. It says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, as you've always obeyed, not only in my presence, 
but now much more in my absence, walk out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which walketh in you, both to will and to do of his own good pleasure. So he's asking you to work and then tell you it's God who is working. It means that it's not contradictory because this is an oxymoron. Walk out something and then he tells you it's God who is working. It means that there is a way in which you reach out your hand and God holds your hand and begins to work with you. And the work which you now do becomes the work of God. It's as if God is the one who now worked that work in you because of the partnership between your heart and God's heart. And that's how you are being saved. The fact that you are saved once does not mean that that's the end of salvation. You are also still being saved. You are saved, but you are being saved as well. And then the third part is you shall be saved. That salvation refers to the final consummation of all things when Jesus returns. And we see it in the book of Revelation 22, that the angels showed John the crystal clear river of God. And it says that in that place there was healing. The, the trees bore fruit every month. So at the end of the age, we shall be saved. So we are saved. We are being saved. And we shall be saved. Do you guys understand this? Three levels of salvation. So, this is actually this grace that we are talking about. The grace to renounce this world. This is the grace that trains us. This is the crux of the message today. For God has appeared. For the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation to all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Do you guys understand this? There's a particular grace that trains us, that doesn't leave us as we are, that holds us, that builds guide rails around us, that enables us, that equips us to be different. Even though there are a thousand peoples and their hands hang down, we have the grace that keeps our hands lifted up. You live, renounce ungodliness. It trains you to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. So, this is the same scripture in several versions. New Living Translation, we are instructed. This grace, what? Instructs us. This is the English Standard Version, which says, training us to renounce. Yeah? This is the Berean Standard Bible, which says, it instructs us to renounce ungodliness. Instructing us that having denied ungodliness and worldly passion, we should leave. Teaching us that denying. So teaching, training, instructing. There's a particular kind of grace that doesn't just come and do everything for you. It's teaching you. It's training you. It's showing you how to deny ungodliness. So God did not just abandon you to do it by yourself. Even though we have grace, we live in grace. We've been saved by grace. But there's still a work that is ongoing 
And that's where you need training grace. I'm coming down so that all of you will understand this training grace thing. Because that's what many of us deny. In the forever saved area, they don't talk about training grace. It seems like it's all done. You don't have to do anything. If you do anything, it means the power of God is useless. No. I don't know any father who will have their children never grow. Do you understand? You give birth to a child, and that child, after five years, still not talking, still not walking. How many of you as a parent will like it? Even though, I keep saying even though. Do you have the potential for every single growth? But you don't grow. God doesn't like children who don't grow. God doesn't like people who don't grow. Every year, you're circling around the same thing. Please be patient with me. In 10 minutes, we'll be done, right? We're circling around the same thing over and over and over again. God is not pleased with that. God wants you to grow. So tell someone, God wants you to grow. 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 Don't stay in the same place. There's grace for you to grow. It's teaching you. It's instructing you. It's training you how to grow. Receive that grace today in the name of Jesus Christ. There's the grace of the finished work that drew us here. There's the grace of God that brought us here. But now we must walk in the grace that we've received. One was imputed. The other one is lived out. The new grace you need is the grace to live out the life of God every day. And God is making that grace available today in the name of Jesus Christ. That no more will you carry the name of God and live like Satan. No more will you be the child of God and not be able to walk in his fullness. No more will you be ever able to say every day, I'm a believer and a believer, but there's no believerness in your life. Because grace has been made available. Amen. Amen. And this grace teaches you to purify, to cleanse yourself. You know, the, continuing that verse, verse 13 says, Waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. So grace saves you, but grace comes to seek to purify you. Grace comes to work to cleanse you. So the habits that are the devil begin to disappear from your life. God begins to counterbalance everything that doesn't belong to God in your life. There is an enabling grace. Pastor Idi was sharing last week about how a little pouring in of wickedness, a little pouring in of sin, a little pouring of the, of the work of the devil will defile you. But can I tell you something? There is something that happened when a little pouring of grace, a little pouring of power, a little pouring of the, of the spiritual activity, a little opening up of yourself, a little prayer, a little exercise in the spirit, a little pushing of yourself, a little refusal to lie down and sleep one more hour and to wake in the strength of God and all of a sudden the waters of your life becomes clean. 
God wants to redeem you from lawlessness. His grace is not just to save you so you're a believer, but His grace is also to enable you to do the God life. Receive that grace today in the name of Jesus Christ. Receive the grace to look like Christ. Receive the grace not just to mouth spiritual things, but receive the grace to push down everything that doesn't belong to God. Receive the grace to press it down. Renounce worldly loss. Renounce ungodliness. Renounce the sins of this world. Renounce the deeds of the flesh. Renounce. Say this morning, I renounce the deeds of the flesh. I renounce worldly loss. I renounce sins. I renounce the, the deeds of unrighteousness in the name of Jesus Christ. And I begin to live. I begin to live in a, in a spirit-controlled life. I begin to live upright. Say, I live upright. I can't hear you, Chuck. Say, I live upright. Say, I live goodly in this present generation. Say, I have a life of power. Say, I have a life of grace. I have grace to live right. I have grace to walk in righteousness. I have grace to live holy. I have grace to walk in step with the power of God. Pastor I.D. says sin doesn't have to dominate you. Sin doesn't have to dominate you anymore. You're not under it anymore. You're not under the power of sin anymore. You're under the power of grace. You are under the power of grace. Receive that ability in the grace of God to do right, to do right, to live higher, to bring the grace of God up, to cause the life of God to flow from your life in the name of Jesus Christ. You are trained to speak right, to walk right, to live right, to do right in the name of Jesus Christ. Righteousness is coming from your life because you are partnering with the Spirit of God. You are holding on to the grace of God. You are holding on to the life of God. There is a training grace. Training grace. Training you to be all that God has designed you to be. Sin shall not have dominion over you. Sin shall not have dominion over you. Why? Because there is a training grace. Receive that grace today in the name of Jesus Christ. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death, therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should also walk in newness of life. We died. We died. We're no more who we used to be. We died. You died. Tell someone you died. Oh, preach to someone this morning. Say you died. You are no more who you used to be. A new person is emerging out of you. Receive that grace. I see some of you are too shy to speak. Say to shake them and say, receive that grace. Receive that grace. Receive that grace. You died. You are no more who you used to be. Receive the grace of righteousness. Receive the power that transforms. Receive the strength that follows after you. Receive receive the grace in the name of Jesus Christ thank you Father God 
What's the danger of not receiving the grace of God? You go and seek baptism, but inside you haven't changed. You pray in tongues, but inside you haven't changed. You have communion without remembrance. You have dry altars. This is exactly what happens when you hold on to sloppy grace. There's something called sloppy grace. Many of the grace people are talking about is sloppy. It doesn't train you. You have no grip. You have flip-flop every day. You are falling and rising and falling and rising. This is not the will of God. And you attend training. So many online trainings, but no impartation. So many in-person training. You are in discipleship here, but no impartation. It's sloppy. You are not yielding yourself fully. There's no partnership between your spirit and the spirit of God. Today, receive the grace to partner with the spirit of God. It is time. It is time. Grace labors. This grace labors. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 10. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And in grace to me, and his grace to me was not in vain. No, I walked harder than all of them. Yet not I, by the grace of God. I love this scripture. Guys, he said, I'm an apostle. But I'm not sitting pretty. Waiting for everyone to take care of my needs. I walked harder if you have grace, it will show by how well you work. If you have grace, it will show. If you believe God, that God is going to fix Nigeria, you'll be investing when everybody's crying. If you believe God, that God is going to work, you work harder. You don't take off your hands, let God do all the work. You work. You partner with the grace of God. You partner with the grace of God. That's what God needs. Many of us receive the grace of God. For example, I talk a lot about the Justice Project. I'm super excited about that project. But a person, it wasn't me. It was a certain man who said that God told him, since he was young and in uni, that God told him he would be an agency for delivering people from prison, from the prison service. And he walks. When he came and told us that he was going to start the Justice Project, I was like, What? He runs the Destiny Trust Foundation. He's, every Saturday he goes at 6 a.m. doesn't come back until midnight. Staying with these children. And many weekdays he will break out of work and go. And he has clientele. Very busy. So he came and said he's going to run the Justice Project. I was like, this project is going to die. This guy's not going to have the time. But boy, was I wrong. Every time. I, I spoke to you last week. Yeah? We have... 16 people out of prison today. And today there's even one person here today who just came. Please you want to stand? Every week, we're getting people. We're getting people through the Justice Project out. Please sit down. Thank you. God bless you. We're getting people out of the justice system. We're reforming their lives. We're standing with them. We're speaking over them. We're taking them to the hospital. We're taking the sickness out of them. We're establishing them. And how does that work? It's grace. It's grace. That grace makes him to work harder. You don't get grace so you can go and sleep. You get grace to work. Grace to have a grip. Grace to stay. 
grace to complete the process. Many believers are not finishers. You have a litany of unfinished things all around your life. You don't finish your work any day. You always keep pushing your list to tomorrow. Receive the grace today in the name of Jesus Christ. Grace for productivity. Grace for insightful work. Grace for deep work. Grace for intelligence. Grace for grip. I hate mediocrity. I hate people who cannot finish anything. I cannot stand people who are not excellent. Receive that grace. That anything God gives you, you work and burrow until you conquer it. You have that ability, the grace to dominate. Receive that grace today. Some of you, you've worked and you are tired. Receive more grace today in the name of Jesus Christ. You have what it takes. Yet not you, but the grace of God which works in you. This is the balance of the grace message. That you've heard that there's a grace of God. But the grace of God does not do it all for you. There's a place where you reach out your hand and receive that grace and own it and walk in it. <laughs> Every time you see people in scripture, when they saw God, they fell on their faces. Guess what God did? God reaches out his hands and lifts them up. He doesn't leave them falling and say, oh yeah, the presence of the Lord is here. So lie down. No. He says, stand up. He said to Ezekiel, Ezekiel fell. He said, stand up. Ezekiel says, yes, you're giving me your words. Your words have strengthened me. The same with Daniel. Daniel said, your words have what? Strengthened me. The word of God is supposed to what? Strengthen you. To do, to be, to go. It's not supposed for, to be for you to sit on your arms. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Receive the grace. Receive the grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org. 